Hello. My name's Forrest. Forrest Gump. You want a chocolate? I could eat about a million and a half of these. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. <laughs> that was a good movie. Tom Hanks playing Forrest, Forrest Gump. I almost started today's episode with this snippet, which is Augustus Gloop from the 2005 Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the one with Johnny Depp. I love Augustus Gloop. I love your chocolate. I can see that. Calling all chocolate lovers Forrest Gump, Augustus Gloop, I am Stacy Julian, and this is episode 128 of Exactly Enough Time. From its title, you might think that this is a podcast about productivity. And while I love to get stuff done, Exactly Enough Time is much more about being present. It's about recognizing the time you have and making the most of it. It's about choosing to be playful and living with intention, curiosity, and connection. It's about owning what you love. I love chocolate. And bringing more of whatever that is into your life. I am a life enthusiast and a believer. In this podcast, I tell stories and I invite you to celebrate people, places, and all the things that make you and your life amazing. Hello, my friends. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you for being here. Okay, so (gasps) chocolate. We're going to talk about chocolate. I have wanted to talk about chocolate for so long. In 2005, in addition to a remake of the classic Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, something else happened. For their 100th birthday, the American Film Institute compiled a list of the top 100 quotations from American cinema and, quote, life is like a box of chocolates, is number 40. But I digress. Valentine's Day, if you listen when this episode is published, is just around the corner. Here's some statistics. 44% of Valentine gifts, this is from 2017, involve candy and or sweets, chocolate included in that 44%. 33% include a greeting card, 32% flowers. So I'm just going to say, I'm going to venture that, you know, chocolate, it's pretty high up on the list. So I just thought it might be a good time of year to talk about chocolate. And perhaps you've heard chocolate referred to as the food of the gods. But do you know why? It's not just because it's rich and decadent. (laughs) It's actually because chocolate comes from the beans of the cacao plant, whose Latin name is Theobroma cacao. 
and translates as food of the gods. Chocolate today comes in a range of percentages of chocolate versus milk and or sugar and other delightful things, but for its more than 4,000 year history, it was actually consumed as a bitter beverage rather than as a sweet edible treat. Anthropologists have found evidence that chocolate was produced by the earliest Mesoamerican civilizations living in present-day Mexico as early as 1900 BC. Okay, here's the deal, you guys. (laughs) This is what I've learned about producing this podcast. I love, love digging into things random things. I mean, things I love for sure, things like chocolate, but I love digging into all kinds of random things. It's so fun for me to learn and then to learn just a little bit more, to embrace my enthusiasm. I recommend this to you. I think when we embrace enthusiasm for the things that truly make us who we are, it's a very healthy thing to do. My kids call what I do around chocolate geeking out. I, over the last couple of days, have been geeking out over chocolate, like learning about all these fun facts. And for several years now, I've been enjoying chocolate and especially really good chocolate. I actually thought about calling this episode New Year, New Chocolate. Because among other things I'm going to share, I have a list of current favorites and I'm going to give them to you so you can go out and buy them for yourself for Valentine's Day or for someone you love. You can do that too. But this is also my personal chocolate story, at least bits and pieces of it. And it follows a true story arc. There's a little exposition here, an inciting incident, some rising action, and even a crisis moment. But lest you disbelieve the importance of a chocolate story, I'm first going to share with you this speak pipe message that I've had for a very, very long time from my friend and listener, Blythe Shoup. Hi, Stacy. This is Blythe Shoup, and I want to share my chocolate story with you. My husband and I were introduced at a church dance when I was in high school. And my friend who introduced us also proceeded to invite us after the dance over to his family's ice cream and candy store. His grandfather had started an ice cream and candy store called Fredrickson's in Twin Falls, Idaho, which still exists many years before. I was furious. I thought we were being so rude. We were imposing ourselves on he and his brother, and I didn't want to go, but I went along anyway. And at the store, he and his brother offered us whatever ice cream, whatever candy we wanted. Now, I love chocolate, and I love Fredrickson's chocolate, but I refused to eat anything because I thought we were being so rude. Anyway, he and I ended up becoming friends, and then we went on to date, and we had a long, complicated dating story that I won't go into here, but we ended up marrying years later. 
And we would go back to Twin Falls, Idaho and visit his grandfather at the store. And I loved walking into that store. You'd go down into the basement and that's where they made the chocolate. And this wonderful chocolate smell would wash over you. It was like walking into something from Willy Wonka. And his grandfather would hand us paper bags and hand each of my children paper bags and let us fill them up with whatever candy we wanted. And I had my favorites that I would take home and then hoard for days because I loved it. But I wanted to share that because it's part of my family. It's part of how my family came to be. And I love it. Blythe, I love it too. That is such a fun story. I think we can all relate to the experience of a chocolate aroma washing over you. As a memory keeper, remembering is a skill that I love to practice. And I've been practicing over the last couple of days And while I can't commit with complete certainty, I'm rather sure that I have loved chocolate at least as long as my mom has been making Texas sheet cake. But I don't think my true obsession began until I was a freshman at BYU and was introduced to really what is truly kind of famous mint brownies, BYU mint brownies brownies. And I have linked the recipe in the show notes, which will absolutely be worth the effort. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, for most of my years as a mom, I made brownies like at least once a week. I love brownies. In fact, I had a really good, when it was a cool thing to do, I had a really good low-fat brownie recipe where you replaced part of the fat with applesauce. But somehow it still turned out really delicious. And when we started big picture classes, we printed up my low-fat brownie recipe. We printed it up on those kind of shiny cards. And I used to pass them out to students who came to my in-person scrapbooking classes and events. That was back in the early days of big picture scrapbooking and then classes. In 2007, you guys, proof of my brownie mm, dedication. I kept a brownie tracker scrapbook. Yes, I did. Truth. I kept track of every brownie I ate for an entire year, and most of them I photographed. Right in the middle of my college years, I spent 18 months as a missionary in Germany. And I would have to say that this is where my love of chocolate matured. (laughs) And I discovered that all chocolate especially in the form of a bar, is not created equal. And yes, the Swiss, the Belgians, and the Italians do a very good job as well and perhaps get more attention. But you guys, the the German Rittersport is definitely a contender and tops my personal list. I like to keep a stash of mini Rittersport bars. It's called the Bunter Mix. I keep it on hand. Most of the time, I don't even think my family knows. (laughs) That's intentional. I keep these small, really cute, like baby Richter sport bars. I keep them because they're individually wrapped and I can toss them in gifts and share them with friends. My favorite is the red wrapper, which is dark chocolate with marzipan. But it's not just Europe where chocolate is revered. Here's another speak pipe from my friend Kylie. 
Hi Stacy, Kylie from Melbourne, Australia here. Um, wanted to share with you about chocolate. In Australia, I think we're really spoilt with chocolate, but my all-time favourite would be Haig's chocolate in um, Adelaide, South Australia, which is where it's manufactured. Um, and then last year on my trip to the US, I was introduced to Ghirardelli chocolate, which I believe is manufactured in San Francisco, and they do a great range of little... Um, well, they do all sorts of sizes, but they have these little square pieces, which is just a good size, good snack size, uh, all different flavors. So that's my other favorite. Uh, hope you get to try both of them. Thanks for sharing. Bye. No, Kylie. Thank you for sharing. So according to the Smithsonian Magazine, the creation of the first modern chocolate bar is credited to Joseph Fry, who in 1847 discovered that he could make a moldable chocolate paste by adding melted cacao butter back into Dutch cocoa. By 1868, a little company called Cadbury was marketing boxes of chocolate candies in England. Now, in 1849, one of his contemporaries, who he did not know, a young Italian-born Domingo Ghirardelli, sails to America and opens a general store in Stockton, California offering supplies and confections to miners. As I'm sure many of you have, I have visited Girardelli Square, and it's definitely worth your time. Anyway, back to my story. I returned from this mission in Germany with elevated and perhaps snobbish expectations and have never since been able to support the mass-produced American chocolate companies. I mean, maybe M&M's, but only because they're crazy colorful and they have killer marketing. Otherwise, I just can't do it. When Jeff and I were newly married, living in Chicago, his mother, Valerie, came to visit. And she and I and Amy, my sister-in-law, walked the magnificent mile. And Val stopped us at the Godiva Chocolatier. She asked us to select a truffle, which, as I remember, cost about $4. <laughs> she bought it for us and then instructed us on how to truly savor it. She basically said, don't you dare chew this. Valerie passed away a year later, so that Godiva memory is one that I've played out for my boys at Christmas time. We used to stop at the big Godiva kiosk in our downtown mall, and I would do just as Valerie did. I would have them pick out a truffle, and then I would say to them, look me in the eyes. Don't you dare chew this. <laughs> okay, here's my crisis point in my story arc. In 2012, I discovered that my body really, truly does not like gluten or refined sugars. And I'm not joking you when I tell you I mourned my brownie addiction. I mourned it hard and long. One day I was so angry that I threw my brownie tracker scrapbook away. I did. I tossed it in the trash. I totally regret that now. <laughs> but grief is a real thing, okay? Don't worry. I'm have worked through my anger and I'm not there anymore. I've recovered and my love of chocolate has continued to mature and it has emerged in new, healthier ways. I still make brownies, sans the gluten. 
of course, and I sweeten them with honey. And if you've listened to episode 111, then you've heard the dark chocolate coconut cake story. And when I don't feel like baking, I keep a stash of some pretty delicious brownies in my outside freezer. They're made by the New Flowers Company. I'll be eating one of those as soon as I'm done recording today. It's my reward. I'm going to link those in the show notes as well. Let me just tell you again about the links in today's show notes. Totally worth your time. Like so many delicious chocolate links. For example, there is a link to the most expensive chocolate bar on Amazon. And yes, I googled that about a year ago because I bought one in January of 2020. This is the Amade Limited Edition Porcelana Bar, and it's $19 for a package of one. Hi, Stacy. This is Robin from California. I want to talk to you about favorite chocolate. My family has fallen in love with the Swiss chocolate maker Lint. We especially love the Lindor chocolate balls. We will go out of our way to find a Lint chocolate store every time we go to Europe. In fact, we've probably been to five different ones between Austria, Switzerland, and Germany. And we love their chocolate so much. It's rich and delicious. It's no wonder that the Swiss people eat the most chocolate of any other people in the world. Thanks, Robin. You're right. The latest stats are from 2017. Switzerland consumes the most chocolate with an average per capita of 8.8 kilograms. <laughs> okay, you know who else I love that loves chocolate? Seth Godin. And we are live. Welcome. It's Seth here to talk about chocolate. I've read Seth's blog for years, and he's referenced chocolate many times. But I smiled extra big when last year in March, he blogged about chocolate and wrote this. By chocolate, of course, I mean real chocolate. No fooling around, made by hand, bean to bar by someone who cares. I mean beans, a little sugar, and that's about it. No fillings, no flavorings, and no Nestle's crunch. He goes on, The act of making a simple bar of chocolate is unbelievably complicated, and the flavors the effort produces are the reward. You can taste the terroir of the land, which is the combination of soil, climate, and sunlight, the variety of the bean, the hard work of the farmer, the care spent in conching, and the transformation that tempering creates. It's a smile for the mind, an affordable luxury, and fun to share and talk about. <laughs> Isn't that good? So Seth actually did a series of interviews with fascinating individuals who are manufacturing chocolate the way it was intended to be manufactured. And it was, I watched a couple of these interviews, it was an online tasting extravaganza featuring chocolate from Ecuador, Sierra Leone, Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Bolivia, Peru, the Solomon Islands, and Ghana, to name a few. And in case you thought notes and overtones were just musical terms, think again. Chocolate tasting notes indicate the aromas contained in the chocolate bar when you taste it. These are not added ingredients, but the intrinsic flavors of the chocolate itself, and they can be achieved in a million ways. 
some involuntarily through the genetics of the beans and the terroir of the land, some voluntarily through a variety of roasting and conching techniques. So interesting aromas are what differentiates craft chocolate from industrial chocolate. Craft chocolate aims to preserve the original aromas of cacao. Industrial chocolate dilutes the intrinsic flavors of cacao with sugar, milk, vanilla, and other flavorings to keep the price tag low. The distinction is clear. Craft chocolate is for savoring, the don't-you-dare-chew-this kind. Industrial chocolate is for mindless eating. And for those who want to savor, the majority of craft makers includes tasting notes on their packaging. So check your wrapper. If your wrapper doesn't talk about tasting notes, it's time for you to elevate your chocolate experience. (laughs) Okay, listen to this. Tasting notes also help, here's the key word, the storytelling of a chocolate bar. These notes reveal the unique personality of that specific chocolate that which differentiates it from all the other bars on the same shelf. This way, consumers can enjoy guidance in their purchasing and tasting experience, and craft makers have a tool to differentiate themselves from the growing competition. You might not know this, and perhaps this is more than you want to know, (laughs) but nutty notes come from generally Venezuela and Nicaragua. Floral notes, Ecuador. Fruity, Dominican Republic and Madagascar. Peru is known for acidic notes. And smoky notes from Papua New Guinea. Chocolate made in the Philippines has a beautiful earthy note. Please, please, please don't think I'm the expert. (laughs) I'm just sharing this fun research that I have been digging into. Now, I am aware of chocolate notes and I do have my favorites. That's still coming. But if you would like to improve your chocolate discerning, remember that each country produces chocolate with distinct flavors. So do as the chocolate expert Clay Gordon recommends. You ready for this? Try two chocolates with a similar cacao percentage at the same time. Then take your favorite from the pair and try it with a third chocolate and then continue. Eventually this quote-unquote tasting pyramid will pay off and you will discover your top craft chocolate. If you're like, yes, Stacy, bring it on, <laughs> and you do want to begin a more formal familiarization with the art of chocolate, I have two Instagram recommendations to consider. First, Christy, I think it's Lysel, who is a chocolate scholar. Totally missed my calling, you guys. <laughs> Christy's a chocolate scholar and she is at, this is so cute, ready? At Doc of Chalk on Instagram, okay? Or the account at Chocolate Noise by Megan Giller. Again, I will link to both of those. But Megan has authored the book Bean to Bar Chocolate and my copy arrives on Saturday. Okay, are you ready? Finally, my list of 
some perhaps new to you chocolates, if not in time for Valentine's Day, at least offered in the spirit of sharing. You got to remember, though, that I am now in search of craft quality chocolate, but in varieties created with very little sugar or less refined sugar options like coconut sugar. I'm really excited about chocolate with coconut sugar. My true standby, thank you, Robin, who left us that fun speak pipe message. My true standby is a very dark lint bar, a 90% dark. Now, I understand, per my children and husband, (laughs) that acquiring a taste for crazy dark chocolate does take time, lots of patience, and a cup of sweet and spicy tea that you drink with it. Okay, but here's my other favorites. Again, all linked, you guys. Brand new to me. Okay, not brand new. I've already ordered three (laughs) shipments from Amazon. But Dr. Bonner's chocolate. The same Dr. Bonner's that's famous for soap making now makes chocolate. And he does it right with tons of passion and compassion and care for those impoverished chocolate farmers. And I'm telling you that this is really good craft style, healthier chocolate because it's sweetened with coconut sugar. Plus it comes wrapped, each flavor is wrapped in a really fun, bright color. So right there, I mean, you've got me at the wrapper, right? But look for the turquoise because it's chunks, big chunks of hazelnuts. Oh my goodness. It's so delicious. Okay. My next favorite is called Hue, as in H-U. It's manufactured in New York. And, um, and I'm starting to see it more and more in just sort of regular grocery stores. But my favorite is Hue Hunks. So again, coconut sweetened really delicious chocolate, but Hugh Hunks are cashews dipped in this really healthy, delicious chocolate. Oh my goodness. Okay. My other favorite brand, Eating Evolved. They have lots of fun choices, but I want you to look for brand new, their chocolate chips. Yes, I have been waiting for a very long time. In fact, I'd like to take credit because a couple of years ago, I actually emailed (laughs) Eating Evolved. There are people who do this kind of thing. Me, I do this kind of thing. I emailed Eating Evolved and I said, are you guys planning ever in the future to create chocolate chips? Because I really need some coconut sugar sweetened chocolate chips to add to my extra healthy chocolate chip cookies they responded and said, no, not currently in the plan. But guess what? They started making this year or maybe just at the very end of last year. Yes. Coconut sugar sweetened chocolate chips. They are crazy pricey. I just happen to think that me and my cookies are worth it. All right. Next up, Honey Mamas. I'm not even going to describe this. I want you to just go to the link and check it out. I want to have the amazing brain behind Honey Mama's on the podcast with me because I'm dying to hear her story. But this is really yummy, good, healthy chocolate sweetened with honey. It's kind of soft. You keep it in the refrigerator. It comes with all, I mean, it comes in, I should say, all kinds of really fun flavors like with fresh raspberry mixed in. Oh my goodness. I also love Theo's chocolate. 
primarily because it's manufactured in Seattle and I'm a Seattle girl and I have thoroughly enjoyed um, two tours now of their factory in Ballard. Okay, I am close to wrapping this up. I just have a couple more to share with you and these are really easy options because if I can't convince you to come all the way to the craft side of things and you happen to be in your local Costco store, then I want you to pick up, if you haven't already, JoJo's chocolate. I'm going to put the video in my show notes that tells the story of JoJo's chocolate created by a mom who sadly lost her life to breast cancer, but she has an amazing story of how she created a chocolate that actually is good for you. So if you haven't tried JoJo's yet, I hope that you'll do it. They have protein in them and all kinds of yummy nuts and dried fruit on top. And my other Costco favorite that is less sweet It's still a refined sugar, but it's called Unreal. Have you seen those yet? They're like little, kind of like a Mounds bar, but oh my goodness, so much more delicious. So kind of a healthy Mounds bar dipped in a dark chocolate coating. Okay, deep breath. (gasps) We made it. We made it to the end of episode 128. You guys, Like I said, I've been waiting a long time to talk to you about chocolate. And I'm so grateful to the three women who sent me speak pipe messages ages ago because it's so fun for me to play your stories and experiences and to hear your voice on these episodes. So please, if you have something to share, if you want to give feedback, if you have an idea of something that I should talk about, um, send me a speak pipe message. When I play your speak pipe message during an episode, I send you a cute little story starter scrapbooking kit from Close to My Heart. I am in partnership with Close to My Heart and have created some really fun storytelling products called Story by Stacy. I want to send you a story starter kit. So if you want one, send me a speak pipe message. And that, my friends, is a wrap. Not a wrapper, but a wrap. (laughs) Have a fabulous and sweet, delicious even, Valentine's Day. And you know I'm going to say this, when it comes to eating good chocolate and elevating your chocolate game, you always have exactly enough time. Hey, if you enjoy listening to my podcast and you haven't yet left a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app, Would you please do that for me? Thank you.